interesting, interesting way to start the show, Bob. I don't think that's ever happened before. Here we go. Here he comes, oh yeah, it's fly pattern bound. Okay. What, what, yes, sir. It's out of Boston. Oh, Boston, right. 112 souls. Okay. Oh, no hot chicks. None? That is not wicked awesome. Would that be any cheesier? I mean, that was bad. That was super bad. <laughs> super. I'm going to record. Uh, recorded live at the Hawk's Nest on the summit in Pataskala, Ohio. This is Garage Days, underproduced and over the top. I am your host, Arch Madness. Uh, we'll run through some hard rock headlines with this week's Give Me Five. The rehash segment will return uh, next week. I got a little something special to play for you guys uh, in place of the rehash. And I'm looking at you, Cornbread. Yeah, I'm looking at you. So today's guest, and I was doing the math on this. In fact, I was just talking to them uh, about this before we, we started recording, before that plane from Boston went over. But these two cats, damn near... 20 years of us doing things together, either on the radio or, or for their bands. These dudes, uh, two-thirds responsible for my Arch Madness theme song on the Wags and Elliot show. A little trivia for you. That was during the American Dog Days. Man, those, those, are, some, those are some fun days. Yes, I, they were. I, I think. I think that's my memory of those days when I'm hanging with you guys. These days, you can find them with Rat Bastard Syndicate and Cattail Brew. Two kick-ass bands in their own right. Drummer Keith Pickens and guitarist Steve Theato. Hello, gentlemen. Howdy. Everybody good? Yes, yeah. sir. Did you wanna do we wanna you want to see where that plane's coming from? Or we probably should, guys, right? We're gonna get right into it. Here it comes, oh yeah. It's fly pattern bound. And, and Steve and Keith are totally down with this, man. They're totally Absolutely. down with this. What do you got, Bob? How many how many Tampa? Ooh, gotta be a hot chick. Okay. How many? Four hot chicks. Four hot chicks. There's one MILF on there, too. He got an update. Even better. He got an update on his app. He got <laughs> What, Bob? Yes. What? Okay. Man, there's a lot, of, a lot of moving parts with this show, gentlemen. Yes. How are you guys? Doing well. Yeah, absolutely. Doing very well. Now, the way I want to play this and the way I have it uh, mapped out, I make myself a little outline here. I want to talk about your guys' history. All right. How did this and when did this dynamic duo start? Well, I was in a band with Michael Hannon called Hilljack. Yeah, man. Uh, the predecessor to American Dog. Okay. And that band's guitarist, who is also a guy that we know and a friend of ours, decided he didn't really want to do the same thing we were doing anymore. Um, so Steve was kind of my suggestion. And um, we actually tried it as a four-piece for a yeah, minute. I auditioned for he Hilljack. He auditioned for Hilljack, and it was uh, a, a flaming disaster. Okay. <laughs> not, because of, not because of Steve, but because of other factors. Okay. Uh, but... Um, once that situation went up in the flames that it did, Steve was the phone call that same day. And uh, another piece of odd trivia. Okay. Tyrus Beebe. Okay. The rhythm guitar 
and sometimes vocals for the gods was the second guitar. Man. And the band was still called Hilljack. Well, legally, that did not work out um, for other reasons. And <laughs> was that part of the fire? The earlier fire? Or no? It was a part of the fire, yes. <laughs> the fire, fire yeah. Right. Fire, fire. Uh, right. And so, um, Tyrus lasted all of one gig. Okay. And yep. decided that he did not want to do it. And we became a three-piece. Very shortly after, we had a powwow and had to come up with a name and a logo uh, all really fast because the record was being written fast. We wrote music so fast right. for that first record. It was ridiculous. And we had management out of Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, we had a record deal pending that first record coming out, like get the record done. Right. And, uh, shit just happened really quick from that point. Like first record comes out first low itty bitty tour three months later, second tour, bam, bam, bam. And, uh, that's where that's, that's how this all started. Okay. So rat bastard syndicate i'm gonna try and go in order here because yes. that comes before cattail brew yes correct kind of okay see that's that's okay that's we, we so want to learn here we this like is to learn. this is the weird glue so there's a pete way tie-in here american dog and pete way uh -huh. did a bunch of work together pete way had some visa issues and i don't mean the credit card right uh and had gone to england after his wife had passed uh to the way it was explained to us to find the house that he couldn't he lost and i don't mean like lost it in no. court yeah, didn't fucking know where it was oh, anymore oh, that was that kind of uh, the, the, so had to go back and find his house literally literally yeah. where's my house okay they don't move Still, but, one, Pete's, okay. Pete's Pete's biography is one of still one of the best in rock yes. and roll. Yes, so, for the record, for the record. While Pete's gone, house hunting, uh, <laughs> he could not come back, and we had right. already started writing music for what was going to be uh, a compilation between American Dog and Pete Way. Wow! And that did not happen. So our consolation prize. <laughs> Was Finn Muir? Did okay. I say that right? You did. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I always fail at that. Finn Muir. So for those out there, I mean, that's the dude from Wasted. Yes. I mean, the original singer. The original singer for Wasted. Uh, he became uh, the voice of what became Cattail Brew. Okay. That was before Rat Bastard. Technically, so okay, yeah, wow. There is a Finn Get up on that. And yeah, there, dog, yeah, there is a Finn and American Dog like entire release. Okay, that's what it's called, American Dog. And after I left American Dog in 2010, three years later, like to the day, fucking three years later, he calls me out of nowhere and says, "Hey, we finally got that record released." <laughs> we recorded the fucking thing in 09. <laughs> right. Okay. And there was a lot of, uh, literally we recorded it in 2009. And then for some, there was all kinds of red tape and bullshit and inner fighting amongst Scottish people and Michael <laughs> Hannon and whatever. But it got released and I hadn't talked to him in three years. 
And he calls me out of the blue and he says, hey, I got some copies of this record. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And it was that record. That record. So I was working with a guy named Jack Campitelli at uh, Fish Tank Audio, which is a recording studio. And we had started writing some very ACDC-themed kind of rock. And we had tried several guitarists out and uh, it just wasn't happening. And I said, why don't we call Steve and see if he wants to play on a song? called steve he comes out plays on a song week later comes out plays on another song a few days later plays on another fucking song next thing you know he's on the record next thing you know he's in the fucking band (laughs) and that project that moved away with jack campitelli moving to nashville is what turned into rap bastard syndicate because the fucker took off with our music and Steve goes, well, do you want to come over to my house and just start writing again? Okay. And that's where it, ha- it literally turned into that. And hundreds of songs, hundreds of ideas all in his head. Rap Bastard Syndicate, and answer this, guys. Um, like, Lenny, did, where did you find him? Now, the rumor is it's <laughs> Mars. Yeah. So I just—it's Keith's fault. It's the <laughs> dirty side of Mars. Um, so, Lenny is like on Twitter. He's—he's he's a great follow. Uh, just talking to the cat, he's a great follow. I mean, he is—he is something else. He's there's the strangest another, motherfucker I know. He, there's not another personality uh, in like Central Ohio. Music, the music scene, the rock scene, the hard rock scene. There's there's not another cat like him. Yeah. He's no. something else. He's something else, uh, guys. Yes. Um, Where'd you find? Where, like, okay, so that's my him? goddamn fault too. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I joined a cover band uh, for like one week until I got fired. Uh, I was in a cover band that Leonard happened to be playing bass in, along with another friend of mine named Doug Savage, who was singing, and. Um, I go and I did a gig with this band and it was the a gig up at the Quaker Steak and Lube for their bike night. So we're like fucking 5,000 people there. It was great. Uh, but didn't get along with one of the guys in the band very well. Um, and I left and uh, I went to North Carolina. I had a family member pass and I was in North Carolina and Leonard's the one that called me to tell me that the band decided that I was the wrong guy. And I said, you know what? That's cool. I didn't really, the only reason I really wanted to do it anyway is because I had fun playing with you. Right. And he goes, why left too? Wow. And I said, you know what? I have a project you might be interested in. And that's how you guys got Lenny. Literally like that. He is, and, Man, I just, I think, I love this band. I love this current incarnation of this band. Um, I think the two best additions to any bands here in Central Ohio, number one, I think Martellino going over uh, to Green 13, and I think the addition of Jeff with you guys is, I I just, I I love what Steve and Jeff sound like live. I do, and I mean, you and Lenny, I mean, that's yeah, that's um, that's a given. I, but I think the addition of, of Tong is just yeah, I, I I'm a big fan of that. Jeff Jeff uh, Jeff's always been in the periphery for forever, um, and the nicest well, the nicest fucking guy in the business. He's so cool, the nicest guy. Yeah, and, yeah, chill, very chill. Uh, and you've got him and Lenny in a group. 
Yeah, that's weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> we got to get Lenny out here one time. By the way, oh, let's dude. just do oh, it. But yeah, I mean, I'm a little. That's like I haven't just been have nervous. your fucking attorney on uh, on standby, dude. Yeah. Like um, he is. Uh, and you need a leash for that. You hat. need a fucking the yeah. Hat, the, yeah the hat. hat um, the hat has its own page, doesn't it? Or yeah, it's like its own. It's, it's yeah, got its own hat. merchandise line. Yeah, he. Uh, anyway, Lenny. He is a. He's an interesting human. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I just, I think the world of him. I just think it's with him and Jeff in the band now. I just, it's, it's really cool. And the, and the music you guys keep churning out, the tease that I've heard online, and we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about what you guys are doing. I want to talk about the new music. I want to talk about uh, some upcoming shows. Sure. I want to talk about that plane that's flying over our head. Bob. Here it comes, oh yeah, it's fly pattern Bob. That sounds like a big one, Bob. That's what she said. It's from where, bro? Out of Atlanta. 173 souls. One hot chick. Mm. Anything else? Okay, Delta. Okay, so here's the thing. And, and people at home, when they listen to this, they can barely hear Bob. Okay, that's kind of the joke. Is you oh, can barely hear, you can barely hear him. And Fine. Then, then we cool. kind of translate. So I want to talk about all that stuff that's going on. Uh, I we'll do that after the Gimme Five. And, and right now is something I want to I want to do. It's uh, I usually have a rehash segment, and this is where I play uh, a song from an old show or something. But I'm not doing that this week. All right. Okay. Because how good does Bob's theme song sound? Right. It's there? really awesome. It's killer. Anthony Clay, Green Thirteen. Love that guy. Good friend of the show. Yep. So. A couple weeks ago, we had uh, we voted for Dwayne's name, and it's cornbread, right? Okay. Cornbread. Guess what, Anthony sent to me yesterday. Nuh-uh. Your theme song, oh. and it, it it's killer. Yeah, it's killer. It's, it's killer. killer. Yes. It's a hit. Heartland is it hit? I gotta say it that way. I forgot. I said you know. Big hit. Right on. Big hit. You guys ready to hear it? Let's hear it. Uh, also, uh, another name was uh, Double Barrel. Because Dwayne was like, I don't know if he was doing this the other the other night at the show. Oh yeah, it was this. So uh, so they're like, so he got a couple votes for Double Barrel. So Anthony like took cornbread and partying at Cornbread's house and Double Barrel. And I don't even know when we're gonna play this or how we're gonna use it. But uh, here is uh, here's Cornbread's uh, theme song. Everybody. Oh, there's a party going on like a There you go. That's awesome. Right? I don't know what the hell we're going to do with that. Now do something, Dwayne. Entertain us. We just played your fucking theme song. Uh, yeah. That, how cool is that? That's fantastic. I have no idea. I have no idea. So now Anthony's written uh, two theme songs. You guys wrote my theme song. There's yeah. just, I think it's uh, the circle of life yeah. is complete. So now Cornbread has his own theme song. All right, it's time for this week's Gimme Five. Heartland doesn't want one. No, he doesn't. He doesn't want one. I, I, hold on. He doesn't want one. He's told me. He'll tell me. Like, he would have told me. In the quiet moments. Here we go. Here it comes, oh yeah. I'll cut that fly pattern bow. Oh, Philly. American Eagle. American Eagle. 112 souls. No hot chicks. No hot chicks. Damn. Not a lot of hot chicks flying tonight. Yeah. That is 
Didn't see that coming. Uh, number five, and this is this is will be the only sad one. And I should also mention, speaking of just sad, uh, I'm I'm not doing Van Halen at all. Like I need a break from that. Okay, I just I need a break from Van Halen and everything. But here's we're gonna get caught up. I know, I know, guys. So. I don't know if you guys heard about it, so we're kind of going to talk about it. But this whole thing of Newstead down in Florida on that to that reporter said something about flying out to L.A. with Satch and, and Alex, right? And that started this whole shit Have you storm. heard about this? Have you heard yeah. about this, Steve? No, no it's okay. silly. It's super silly. So uh, they had him. So Newstead, and, and, I kinda, and, and I love Jason Newstead, but I was like, last week, I'm Makes like, no sense. Why, would you, oh, why would you say that? Yeah. I mean, Al brought you into that. So, you know, and then, so there was kind of a shit storm with that and Newstead and I was, and I, lo- and I love Jason. I just don't know why he did it. So the most recent news, obviously Newstead's pissed off at that reporter for doing that. Uh, Wolfgang makes a comment about, you know, I'm not, just, there's no bullshit reunion or whatever, however he said it. Leave me the fuck out. Yes. So, and, and my thing is, and I will say this, that's Al's decision, all right? Let, let's be honest. This is Al's decision. It's not Wolfie's. It's not Jason Newstead's. It's not any, it's, it's his. So, I guess I did kind of talk about it, but what do you... Just, it, the, just the bullet points. Right? I mean, yeah. Keith, you're, any, you want to, I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to put Steve on uh, the line here because he doesn't, you know, he's my, just kind of getting hip to it. My opinion is... Uh, Anything Alex Van Halen wants to do, I'm okay with. Right. You're going to have your haters anyway. I would have my personal my personal dream team that it would be. Gotcha. Would have nothing to do with Joe Satriani. Okay. Um, but it would definitely be Alex. Uh, it should definitely be. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. And that could they throw their bears on um, the floor. We'll get you a new one, Steve. Trust I mean, me. I would love to see him reunite. Uh, Michael. With Michael. Yeah. Um, there's a hundred singers that could go in there and kick that thing's ass. It was funny what Dave said as far as grabbing Pink. And it's funny because you know Dave believes that. And everybody here, when we were talking about the story, believes Pink could do that. She'd with, kill it, dude. Without a problem. She'd kill it. She'd kill it. She'd fucking kill it. I just, my thing is, if, if, if Al wants to, uh, truly, the way, in the way the band <laughs> ended there before Ed passed, I, I think yeah. it's Al's decision. Yes. And I think it's Dave's decision. And then you go, Mike, and however they want to work this. But it, yeah. it's, it's anyway. It's just a. It sucks that it got out. And New Newstead did kind of. I don't know if he apologized per se, but he was like, "Man, I did not want that." Because when that happened, everyone, anyone who knows Newstead, was like, "Man, he's the coolest dude ever." He's he yeah, must have been speaking in confidence with someone, yeah. and and there we go. It, yeah, That's it just went sideways from went there down. because he's not. Like you can go, you can go back the last ten years. He's not any kind of an attention whore. Mm-mm. That's not his his trip. Left the biggest metal band in the world, and yeah, and could have said a billion things and, and did was not cool about it. it. Yeah, right. absolutely agreed. All right, so here we go. We are going to start with a sad story. Uh, number five this week. Uh, Randy Rand, the founding basis of '80s hard rockers, autograph. He passed away. It would have been this week on Tuesday, and prior to his death. Uh, Rand was, he was the sole remaining original member of Autograph, guys. Uh, they had just announced in February they had signed a deal with Frontiers and was working on material for a, a new studio album. But it sounds like he passed with his family and, and wife I at his side. I just and, saw them on the cruise, the Monsters Rock cruise. And then prior to that, last uh, last summer, saw them in Reynoldsburg open for kicks. Yeah, and, and yes, the Reynoldsburg show. And yeah. I saw a lot of friends putting stuff mm-hmm. up and they said that 
Uh, well, anybody that, that dealt with him said you couldn't find a better Nicest dude. Nicest guy. Couldn't yeah. find a better dude. Yeah. So that, that sucks uh, for the autograph uh, family out there. And he was the one dude that was kind of kind of keeping it together yeah. and, and, and getting it out there. Yeah. So uh, number four, check this out, guys. Uh, Holy Diver has just been certified double platinum. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Isn't that nuts to it's think crazy. that it wasn't? So uh, a little history for you. So this is kind of a cool thing to talk about with the RIAA developed its gold and platinum awards program uh, back in 1958 to honor artists and in, in the in the music that they sold. So presence, presently, and it's the way it's always been since 58, and that's uh, a gold honors 500,000 units, platinum uh, honors a million units. And I should say this, uh, you know, the most recent thing is the uh, the diamond, and that's the 10 million. And there's a few of those. I You know, I want to say hysteria... I think back in black. Back in black. Uh, you, you, you know what thriller. I mean? Thriller. Yes, there's the diamond ones. Uh, and in the streaming age, uh, the, it's a 10 permanent track downloads. And maybe you guys know more about this th than I do from the album count as one unit. Here's, Does and, that denote an album sale? So Yes. So now also, it also says $1,500 on demand audio and or video streams from the album count as one unit as well. So is that like a YouTube view? Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like if you put up an official video and it gets watched, I don't know how that. I, I anyway, know. it's kind of crazy, but that's the thing. And that's kind of the wild, wild west of yeah, this whole I mean, downloading. You got, you got Spotify and Pandora and all those streaming services. And right. Every time you request or, you know, they don't, it's hard to follow any of it. But it's also diluted the shit out of the business sales-wise. Like right. a sale isn't worth what a sale used right, to be. People, so, you know, I'm talking about 10 purchases, 10 permanent track downloads. That counts as one album, yeah. per, which which sucks because, you know, a lot of people, they'll go through when an album drops and they'll just pick and choose their songs yeah. and then that's it. And that screws yep. the artist. You've got to buy it in its entirety. Yep. You've got to buy it in its entirety. Uh, real quick, on that album, Stand Up and Shout, Holy Diver, Gypsy, Caught in the Middle, uh, Don't Talk to Strangers. That was a, uh, a Rick Springfield cover. Just kidding. Uh, Straight Through the Heart, Invisible, <coughs> Rainbow in the Dark, and then Shame on the Night. I mean, honest to God, guys. Brilliant top. Record. I mean, brilliant. Brilliant. Brilliant record. record. Number three, and just because I knew you were coming, uh, Keith, I baked this drummer cake. Uh, number three is drummer Dave Lombardo is just a stud. Badass. So it, it says Testaments, Chuck Billy says Dave Lombardo brings some uh, more power to the bottom end of the band. And that's why I wanted to ask you guys as far as some of this terminology and what it exactly means. Because I've had this story. I'm a, I'm a huge Lombardo fan. Love He's those early a... Slayer. Um, hear me out on this, Keith. So yep. Dave brings a different energy than former Testament drummer uh, Gene Hoagland. I mean, Gene... Talk about studs. This He's is coming, the godfather. This is coming from, from, from Chuck Billy. He says, Gene is really meticulous. He's a precision drummer. Dave's a little more loose, a little more organic. It's a totally different style, and he hits really hard, and he tunes his drums a little lower. He says it makes for this bigger sound, which I think brings more power to the bottom end of the band. Yep. What does that mean for okay. us, just, just for the fans The out difference there? between both of those guys... Um, Massive technique difference. Um, again, Hoagland is a technician. Yes, I mean that's basically what Chuck's saying. And Hoagland, Hoagland is God in the circles of thrash drumming. He's the Godfather of thrash. Yep. Nobody does it better. Right. And unlike a lot of what goes on today, where the guys get their beater, the beaters for their bass drum pedals two inches from the head, Hoaglands are 
tilted back like a man. Right. And he beats <laughs> and and now you take that right and then you take a guy like Lombardo. Lombardo who does the same thing Hoagland did, but walks the fucking bass drums across the stage. That's one bad motherfucker. Yeah. Um, he plays big <laughs> bass drums, um, big, big diameter, deep bass drums, and he beats the dog piss out of them. My friends and I, out of the, out of the big four, we have Lombardo with Slayer at one. Okay? And, and, and Charlie Benante is super damn close. And let's not forget... I mean, the guys who've played with Dave, uh, as far as like Gar and, and, and Nick Menza, and there's been some incredible drummers that have run through Megadeth. Yes. And then now, I mean, my goodness, I, uh, Dirk, yeah. I, I think Dirk's one of the better cats in metal yeah. right now. But Lombardo, I think, holds a, What do you think? The Lombardo, out, of the four, out of the big four. Out of the big well, four. Well, Lombardo is my favorite guy because of everything that you said at the beginning of this. He's not the technic that's the, right. the the technical guy. He's the guy that goes in and and would rather scare the piss out of everybody with what he does than baffle you with math. He'll beat the shit out of it <laughs> and run it across the room. It's like Mickey D. He's this he's he comes from the Mickey D school of drumming. Yeah. He was a big Mickey D fan coming up. And you know, Mickey D from King Diamond and from well, Motorhead. Yes, absolutely. And those two play very similarly. Uh, it's 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 unbelievable. All right, Bob, and then Steve, get ready because it's this number two is going to be story time with Steve. So, but first, here he comes again. It's fly pattern, Bob. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Oh, here we go. Here we go, boys. Out of Fort Myers, Southwest. One hundred forty-seven souls. Get your coats. There's six coming in. Six hot, hot chicks. Hot. Yes. Six. Just like the Jeffersons. <laughs> Moving on up. Moving on up. It's all right. Oh, there's a party going on. Cornbread just split. He's on his way. He's on his way to John Glenn right now. Going to meet that Southwest flight. He's got a sign already made. All right, number two. So normally, and, and I don't talk about this guy enough because those first two Iron Maiden records are just so important for, for so many people, including myself. Former Iron Maiden frontman Paul Diano has been receiving uh, drainage treatments in Croatia. This is where the cat is getting this, this done uh, in preparation for his upcoming knee surgery. Uh, he says he's thrilled and very optimistic about his progress after recently being uh, fitted for a custom leg brace. Now, guys, he's been, and Paul's been in like a wheelchair for the last, for, I mean, like five years or so. I mean, it's been a while. The, it, wow. He gets up to perform. This he's saying now, like the story's it's going to have a good ending because he's he he's rehabbing and I think the surgery's going to help from everything I've read and he's he's working hard. I think when something like this happens, he's working hard pre-surgery to make sure he can get out and I, that's from what I'm reading. So awesome. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's and best of luck. I love Paul. I love Paul's stories coming from Steve Theato. Where was okay? Where was the craziest? Where was where was this tour? This was over in Europe, right? Yeah, this was in Paris. 
Yeah. Okay, so move, yeah, get 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 on up there. I gotta I gotta I gotta hear this. Get up on it, Steve. So right. is this a tour with American Dog, right? Oh, absolutely. It was okay. American Dog and the Brain Surgeons, which was Albert Bouchard from Blue Oyster Cult. Okay. And then and this was the very first night of the tour. The first night of the tour. All yeah. right. Steve Theato yeah. and Paul Diano. Here we go. Yeah, so and uh we were only doing one show show with Paul. The rest of it was the Brain Surgeons and American Dog touring all through France. So we literally get off the plane and get rushed to to sound check. I the mean, club. We, Tell them about the club. Yeah, too. Oh, yeah. The club was La, La Locomotive. Okay. okay. <laughs> Which is underneath the Moulin Rouge. Yes. Whoa. It's like the basement club under the world's most famous strip club. That's like an old. That's, that's where I want to see American dogs. Yeah, if, exactly. if, if I was going to take a Wayback Machine, it, that's the It's show. in a legit subway. Like, okay. on, like, there's the train. You're, like, you're on a subway platform. That's the fucking club. <laughs> oh. And there's actually a, a, a locomotive in the basement. Of this. There's, yeah, it's right there. There's, I'm telling you. Yeah, there's, like, a club under a club. So, uh, so you get rushed from the airport... To sound check to this place below Moulin Rouge. Yes, that's the way I love all my my stories to. It start. didn't suck, <laughs> right? No. So then, what happened, Steve? Oh well, it was going pretty good. Okay. Uh, get in there. We do our sound check, and everything's working. The guitars have made it in one piece, so it's all good, good. Right. And uh, and I went up to the dressing room. I think this. I think we had actually played at this point. Yeah. And I went up there to to get out of my stage gear, and uh, you know we were sharing a room with Paul Deano. Yeah. And Paul was up there, and he had a bottle of Jack Daniels with him, and I'm like, "Hey, man, can I have a swig?" And he's like, "Sure, mate." So I cracked that bottle, took a big swig. So first of all, let me tell you, do not drink whiskey with jet lag. Oh, it does not end well. That'll tap you on the shoulder pretty quick. It doesn't take long at There's all. There's an after story after the story. Okay, because oh, of that, I can't, I can't wait. But uh, but it was funny you were talking about Paul's health issues. Like even back then, you know, I took a pretty big swig, and he's like, he goes, oh, "I can't drink whiskey like that anymore because I can just sip it." Because he was having issues back then, right? And right. this was what, 2004, yeah, something like that. Four, and. Uh, Oh man! So, but but Paul was super cool. You know, he hung out with you know he our everybody in the band got to meet him and hung out with him, talked and you know and, and I mean it's Paul Deanna. I, I know, man. Like, and that's the thing. It's like, man, those first two uh, guys, yeah, those yeah, first two deal. maiden really records. I mean, that's that's a big deal. I mean, killers, killers, I mean, killers means me the world break. to me. It's the I'm first with one you. I bought. And I'm, I'm with like, you. I'm with you. Cornbread, you know, huge, huge maiden fan, and who doesn't love Bruce? But. Who doesn't love how special those first two oh, records were? Told, we were told by his road manager, Paul doesn't really talk to people, so don't bother him. He Way can, to go, Steve. Way to gee, he can you? be he can be kind of <laughs> abrasive. So we, you know, we're kind of like okay. And Steve just walks up and goes, "Hey, man, can I have a drink of that? <laughs> drink of your whiskey?" And at that point, I mean, we just like, oh, he, he's like, "Fuck it, okay." And then it just went from there, and they became they were buddies. It was great. Yeah, we had we had a blast, but like I said, it was short lived because yeah, I shouldn't have been drinking whiskey. Well, is it, from what I've heard, everyone's at a pub later, 
and they like see people running outside. Yeah. Did you uh, have clothes on? There's there's a lot of stories about that evening. So there, but there's like a story, but like you and Paul, wasn't it like a? Yeah. Were you like actually racing shirtless out there? No, what the hell? Okay, I, right I, on. Well, I don't know. I don't want to. I wasn't that. hanging with Paul later. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, but I got in all kinds of trouble later. Yeah. Um, so all the bands, well, the two bands, went across the street from the Moulin Rouge. Pizza is a big deal in Paris, well, yeah. but not like what we do here. It's gourmet shit that they bake in a big oven that's made out of a rock. Okay. You know, you know, and they fucking they serve it on a big piece of fucking like it looks like a boat paddle. You know, and it's a sounds big, delicious. Yeah, it's Keith, a big it really water. does. So we're we're having this big beginning of the tour catch it. meeting, and Steve's gone, and everybody's like, "Where's Steve?" And our our t-shirt guy Brent. Yeah. Hey man. Hey man. He's like, hey man, you want me to go look for him? Uh, no. And then about that time, he shows up. Well, yeah, there he he was. You guys were running. Somebody was running in the road. Yes. Somebody ran down the road, and somebody goes, "There they go." Uh, and then he shows up at the fucking door of this place, mm-hmm. and the 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 guy at the door wouldn't let him in because he thought he was homeless. Because he was, he was in his stage gear. and he, I, I get that a lot. You get, you get that. <laughs> and so Brent had to go to the door and say, hey, man, he's with us. Right. So then he comes in, and he was not Steve anymore. What was he? He was, he was Whiskey Steve. Ooh. Uh, beginning of the tour hadn't. Yes. yes. Beginning of the tour, just did a show, hadn't eaten any food and drank oh, wow. a lot of whiskey, whiskey. with Paul Diano. Oh, God. And then comes to the door and was just not Steve. <laughs> and yeah, I was wrecked. And Michael, being Michael, said something inflammatory on accident. And Steve decided that Michael had to go. Oh, man. And threw a salt shaker at his head. and Right off his pointy little head. <laughs> point, and he's like, like a fucking major league pitcher, dude. Right? You know, Boink. And... At that point, it was like a baseball, like a, a baseball game where both benches clear, and they made me uh, leave. Yeah, well, well, Steve, I mean, it's a salt shaker. So that's right. <laughs> at that point, there was a there was an emergency meeting <laughs> because it was the beginning of the tour, and, and and at that point, all liquor was banned there you from go. the rest of the tour. Wow, they could drink all the beer they want. No more liquor of any yeah, kind. Yeah, brown liquor. It gets weird for anybody. It truly oh, yeah, does. Absolutely. Uh, even the, rest of the tour was mostly okay. But it all started with Paul Diano and and, and you guys yeah. and you, Steve. Yeah. It always. Starts I lost my Steve. sneakers that night too. Yeah. You did. What'd you wear for shoes after that? I my stage boots. All right, rest on. of the tour. Rest of. The- <laughs> I was pissed. <laughs> I, bet, I, I bet, man. I bet. Well, Whiskey Steve, you will. I'll uh, get you. I'm gonna get you a theme song, Whiskey there Steve. Yeah, there you go. And, and number one this week, Gene Simmons has invited Ace Fraley to take part in Kiss's End of the Road tour, saying the fans would love to see the band reunited with its original guitarist. More on this in just a second, Bob. Here we comes. It's fly pattern bound. Yes, Bob. It's out of Detroit, so you already know about hot chicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's out of Detroit. And where's... Yeah, it's none. None. Zero. How many souls are on there? Uh, just 112. 112. All right. All right. 
earlier today when we were, you know, when we record, we record this on Wednesdays. Everybody knows the, everybody looks behind the curtain when it comes to this show. It's Ace Fraley's birthday. So Gene Simmons took to his Twitter to wish Fraley a happy 71st birthday. Who had that in the pool, right? I mean, I had the under. God bless. I'm so glad. I've, I've lost so many of my rock heroes, but my first one ever, still, still doing it, man. Still doing it. And he, he added, so this is Gene Simmons, uh, the invitations still stand. Jump on stage with us for encores. The fans would love it. And this is why he's one of my all-time favorites. So three years ago, Fraley said that he was uh, playing with Kiss again, maybe. He was up for it, but only if the price is right. And this is when he was speaking to uh, Rock Candy Magazine. He said, I would seriously consider it, but the money would have to be right. I'm not taking Tommy Thayer's salary. (laughs) (laughs) So with that being said... Uh, I, I would love to see Ace play with those guys. I, I don't really know where this final show is going to take place. Some folks say it'll be out in L.A. Some folks say it'll be at Madison Square, you know, because they're a New York band. Uh, it'll be curious. And I don't think anything's actually been set in stone. I, I, that I, I haven't really, I'll be honest with you guys, I kind of checked out a little bit. I've been keeping uh, an eye and an ear on Ace more than I have uh, the other guys. But thoughts? Yep. What do you think, gentlemen? Uh, hmm. um, they're still playing. They're still yes. <laughs> the, the, the no, Ace, no, 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 no. The Ace Freely thing to me is, it's a. I mean, weren't we just talking about consolation prizes earlier? <laughs> right. That's kind of a shitty consolation prize. Come it on is. out and play with the band that you helped found. Right. I know, man. I know. You know. Uh, yeah. Let's. We're gonna go off on a tangent that none of uh-huh. us want to. Well, I'll get his. I'll get his mean. As uh, Whiskey Steve. Nice. <laughs> As that one. Favorite ace riff. You guys got one? <laughs> Favorite ace riff. I'm going to throw one out because the older I get, uh, the more I appreciate it. A parasite. Parasite, parasite. is mine. Right? Hands that down. Yeah. Yeah. I just got to see him do that with When he does it, man. Exactly. And I saw you at that show. Keith? Great show, wasn't it? It was a fucking great show. Both bands. Yeah. And uh, but I always wanted to do "Let Me Go." Nice, that's you know a good I mean? one yeah, too. Especially the, the, the version off of "Alive." Yeah, that's yeah. a really good one too. And and Ace does some tasty stuff on that one. Yeah, he does. So. Yeah, he does. And what is that called that he? You know, it's the way he rides the the what's the what's your what's your switch there on those Les Pauls when he just he oh, just, the toggle switch. I mean, he yeah, yeah, he yeah. does that like yeah. nobody's. Especially yeah. on you, you listen to the Kiss Alive album. You know, the first one, and even on a live, too, but the, some of those live tracks, man, you can yeah. really, it's cool how he does it. Now, I want to, oh, here we go, because I want to bring up Peter Chris, and then we're going to get back into uh, Cattail and, and Rat Bastard, but here we go. Here he comes, oh yeah, it's fly pattern bound. What do you got, Bob? Delta out of Boston. Delta out of Boston. That sounds, sounds big. Getting ready, right, 154 souls. 154 souls. Two hot chicks, guys. That's not bad. Do you think Peter Chris gets an invite? Do we think he does? Yeah, for any of these shows. Now they're they're kind of saying Ace, come whenever you want. Peter might be one of those last ones. I I think he should. I think he should as well. I think that what where we're at here is Gene and Ace have maintained a little bit of a friendship. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. And Paul. And Ace recently, Paul showed up and somewhere and played 
set in with Ace. Yeah, it's somewhere. It, it's good. And 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 Ace even says, I didn't uh he goes, I text Paul back and forth and we've worked together and he goes, as I have with Gene. So you know, that's not the quote I, I use, but he's Peter saying that do in it? This, I don't That's know. the big question. Okay. Could Peter Chris do I, that? So yeah. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna open my phone. This is the truth, and you can even see when I did this. This was last night I did this. For Keith Pickens, okay, this was the drumming question I wanted to ask, and this is being a good drummer, always practice, always learning, correct? Always learning. Always learning. Always learning. Is it possible, and I just, is it possible that Peter Chris and Lars Ulrich were good at one point and lost their way putting other things ahead of honing their craft? I don't think so. Okay, because, okay, just as a fan, this is just me as a fan, Peter sounded so huge growing up, and that drum solo on Kiss Alive too, and it was just, it sounded huge to me. And Lars, I, when I think of Ride, and when I think of Master of Pup Puppets, when I think of Garage Days, yep. I just think of what, and then something something happened. It never took Here, off. It, it, here's it, what it, it is. Tell me, tell I me. I will, because I, I lived through that, because we're, we're about the same age. I yep. lived through the same thing. The bar got raised. Okay. The older we get, the better younger people are getting. And then you go back and revisit that stuff. I got you. After hearing something new that is like so fucking good. It sounds you go archaic. back and listen to Garage Days and go, oh, God. <laughs> or you go back and listen right. to some of that early Peter Chris stuff and go, Jesus Christ, did, did he drop the sticks? Uh, right. what happened? But then again, at the same time, yeah, some right. of the, some of the shit, like he would play over the bar. And as a kid, I would be like, fuck, that's deep. And now as an adult and having played as long as I, I got have, you and seen so many of my heroes be such badasses live. And you go, he played over the bar cause he fucking didn't know where one was, you know, it's, it happens. Gotcha. But I still think that the guy's, you can't take anything away from what he did. Same with Lars. Everybody talks about what a shit drummer Lars is. I don't agree with that. I just don't. I think that they made him out to be better than he ever Keith, said that I he was, was. I was a Lars guy in high school. And I, I admit it. I was a Lars guy. And the, the reason I loved him, yes, I, I loved the showmanship yep. of it. Because I never had a guy kind of jump up on top of the bass drum and like... Get the, you know, you know what I mean. Sure. Like, you know, at the beginning of "For Whom the Bell Tolls," when right. he's getting everybody going, there just there was a the, his presentation was good, and I think the way he PR and marketed the band yep. was so damn important. That's Brilliant why I always get, man. he was Brilliant. he was, but better than better than a drummer. Let's well, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I get it, I get it now. The older I get, but yep. it was important. It was very very important to the band what Lars did, as much shit as he takes, but. But then again, I would take all that shit if I was a gazillionaire right. who had <laughs> right? 50, you know, all yeah. my records were fucking huge. And, and I wrote some of the most iconic stuff that ever got, yeah. got made. In the studio, he was important. Say. In the studio, you could see that with the, uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff that they did on the, on the Black album. Yep. And, and how he, he's very important to, to, that, to the sound and his vision for the band. Those two guys yes. created that sound. Yes. Hammett was an afterthought. Uh, that's not taking anything away from Hammett, but he was very inconsequential to the way that that band was created. But how important was Mustaine, though? Huge. 
giant. I mean, for all those bands. Giant. Right, he got it going. I think, you know, and I talked about this last week, I, I think Hetfield himself, as far as a rhythm and a riff god, he's he's one of the best. He truly is. But Mustaine, But though. Mustaine started it. Yeah, dude, and yeah. I'm a dude. I'm a, I'm a Dave guy, so. Yeah. But I just, I, not like I am a Karabi guy. That's a whole other story. It's a joke. I had a show that I couldn't even play because I was so... I was so drunk on whiskey. Whiskey Arch whiskey. showed up. Me and Kevin Young, dude. Me and Kevin Young did a show, and like we couldn't even air it. It's it's like unlistenable. We got so drunk on whiskey. Oh, do you on still this, have it on the blackened? I have a copy nice. of it. Oh, I gotta hear yeah. that. Oh yeah. We all, that's we all kind of want to do a listening party for it. But there is a point. I know the listeners are like, oh my god, he's telling that story again. But there's a point where I say I'm a Karabi guy like four times in a row, and we weren't even talking about Motley Crue or Scream. <laughs> I have no the Dead Daisies. I have no idea what we were talking about. So that was that was one of those ones. Well, cool, Steve. I'm glad. Yeah, that I'm not far off base with that stuff, and I, I think it's cool that you're telling me that. Hey, man, guess what? Drumming's a lot better. Pitching's a lot better. Everybody throws high nineties now. Exactly. That's yeah, the point. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. If you just watch watch YouTube and there's nine year old kids playing Rush songs as good as Neil Peart played. Oh, I, mean, yeah, I know, it's gross as fuck. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm gonna sell my shit and buy a lawnmower. I mean, what the fuck, man? It's like I think about life before Eddie. Right. There was, you know, he changed the whole landscape. Everything. Everything. Yeah. So Everything. It, it's amazing what one guy can do. And now you got guys like Guthrie. Govan out there who are like fucking aliens from another planet. Well, I'm going to throw a name out. Are you guys hip to Billy Strings? Nope. Oh, we got another one. Yeah. I'm going to hip you to Billy Strings. Yeah. A little thing called, instead of bluegrass, it's called new grass. Yeah, which, you know, could be taken the wrong way, and I'm a big fan of that as well. But, uh, no. All right, so let's talk about new music as, and, and upcoming shows. Guy, and then we're gonna listen to Billy. We're gonna listen to some Billy Strings here. Okay. Okay. We have but, to but, now. <laughs> so, as far as and however, in what order, however you want to do this, uh, new music. Let's do new music first. Let's start with. Let's go ahead and start with Rap Bastard because uh, Rap Bastard Syndicate. Because I'm I'm seeing stuff online now. So what do we got? Yeah, Talk we got a us. brand new single out uh, called Screaming. Okay. And uh, we're the. We have a new EP almost done, so we released a single just to kind of keep people's interest. And this is when you guys were uh, were out at Veers, place, yes. right? Yeah, right. just recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> damn right, always yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's. He, I saw the stuff online. So yeah, we got to give him props because he did every American Dog record, every yeah. Rap Bastard. He does everything. He's just uh, that's all the cat tales. It's yeah. honestly, I think that's part of the bingo card for uh, Garage Days is when. Joe Veers gets mentioned yeah. on this show. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, Bob, what do yeah. you got? Is that the... Here it comes, oh yeah, it's fly pattern Bob. What was that, Bob? Ninety-four souls. No hot chicks on that one. Where was that out of again? Chicago. Chicago. Dry night. Yeah, yeah. it is a very, it's a very dry, it's a very dry night. Dry night. Very so we'll we'll keep an ear out for the new rap bastard. Also, like live shows. Are you guys have any gigs coming up as far as RBS? We have one May fourteenth in Lancaster. Okay. Outside. Until uh, we get fired. Okay. Uh, it'll, be, it'll probably be about a 10-minute performance. Yep. Okay. Is Whiskey um, Steve going to be there? Well, I don't know, but Loud Keith is going to be there. <laughs> and 
<laughs> right? Didn't, didn't work out so well at the last the last gig we did there. Yeah, once things go south, I think Whiskey Steve will show up. Whiskey yeah. Steve should make an appearance. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair uh, enough. But that's RBS May 14th. Uh, God, cattail stuff. Okay, well, no, b- before we get into cattail, uh, people want to find you as far as Rat Bastard Syndicate because I mean, you can find your stuff on iTunes. You can find your stuff on, where 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 are we at? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we're on all the streaming services. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and the the website's uh, ratbastardsyndicate.com. So yeah, we're pretty accessible. You can find us. Good We've deal. Got a merch store on there. Great stuff. Yeah, Great yeah. stuff. I love my sticker. I've got my bandana. I pr- if it was a little warmer, I'd have probably wore it. Um, <laughs> but also, uh, moving on over to, to Cattail, and that's, uh, guys, I think, and, and I love Rap Bastard Syndicate, but this Cattail thing is, it's, uh, you never know what you're going to get as far the, as the sounds you guys created. There's a freedom with that that I think is, uh, is, is pretty cool, and it's, I mean, that's, the most yeah. different project that I think you guys have been a part of, right? Wouldn't you say? Yes. Well, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a very convoluted story about that. <laughs> uh, this goes back to the American Donald and Finn record. Right. Uh, Finn, our buddy Frank Powers, keeps bringing Finn back here, and we decided to do another record. Uh there's a song on there called Jump Back, which was written by Tommy Bolin. And we all love Tommy Bolin. So. I, I, especially you. Yes. And so anyway, there's a line in there about wine and cattail brew. It's in the song. And I'm like, I was talking to Frank, who helps us do all our stuff. I could, dude, that, that would be a kick-ass name for a band. So we searched it. It wasn't a band. So that's how the name came about. It came from Tommy Bowen. And, and, and let me say this, as far as, and I, I give you credit years ago, because when I was, I was going through a real Richie Blackmore kick, and you're like, dude, come taste the band and talk to me later. <laughs> and and, and that I'll never, I'm with you, dude. That's, right that, that is one of the greatest pieces of music, top to bottom. Yeah, I love and, that. Really. Yeah, and I'm a Glenn. You, I love Glenn, but to, oh, to hear the, all, that yeah. group, the way they sounded on that, I'm like, there we go. Yeah. I mean, that's another, you don't think that's Deep Purple, but it is. And, right. and exactly. that's the thing I love about Cattail. It's just, it's you never know what that sound is going to be. It's, it's, it's just cool, man. It's a different, right. it's a different vibe, it's, and you never well, know what you're going to get. Well, there's a, there's a Cattail album out there. It's called It's a Bit Difficult, really. I've got it. And that was with Finn singing. And we had a falling out. So now we we had the name. You know, I drew a logo. We had all of, everything in place. Yeah, I mean, right? literally you know, everything. Yeah, the album was put out in Cargo Records over in Europe. We're like, okay. In the meantime, me and Brad Williams, a singer for Snowblind, and Joe Veers is also in the band. Absolutely. Um, me and him were in writing because I wanted to do a Southern Rock thing. For years, I've been trying to do this Southern Rock slash old country kind of project. I got a right. bunch of little ideas and songs. Been dying to do this forever. So me and him started working. So then once we got together to work on songs, it was right around the, the time that everything fell apart with Finn. And I had all these songs that I had written for Finn. Well, Brad just took those and grabbed the bull by the horns. He started writing lyrics and melodies. I'm like, oh, this is really good. And the first three songs we did were Mama Wanna. I was going to bring that up. Cabin Fever, 
and Disarmed, which are the three singles that we have out now. And, and folks, you can hear Mama Wanna on, that's on the QFM 96 Hometown album, uh, number 10. So that's just, and we pl- we play that on QFM. I mean, that, uh, guys, that's something that, that fits in with everything else on QFM. From a radio oh, yeah, standpoint, yeah. when I hear that, and I mean, that was just, it was a no-brainer, but it just, it's, I don't know, man. That's a, that's a really cool band. It was super organic the way those songs came together, yeah. too. It was painless. They just kind of wrote themselves. So what about Cattail now, as far as getting uh, new music or going to see you guys? Are you have any shows coming up? What do, what do we got? We, we got all the above. Yeah. Uh, the, we, there's a new single going to be coming out probably about a month. Uh, hopefully we'll have a whole album's worth here soon. And then June. We're playing in June, right? June 4th. Uh, we are in Pickerington at a, uh, a brewery festival. We're headlining it. Um, and then. What night is that? What night is that on? So you say June 4th? Saturday night. That's a Saturday. Get that in the insulator calendar. We need to get that in the. We have a, that's <laughs> um, the name of our game. But it's an outdoor show, like a festival outdoor show. Okay. Um, and that's going to be an interesting show because. Um, it's going to be a long set, and we're going to do our entire set. And in the middle of it, they're going to do what Steve and Brad have a little project that's cool as fuck called Dixon Y'all. And Dixon Y'all. Yeah. We call it Dixon Brad. Okay. Uh, uh, but I don't think there was a vote on that, was yeah. there? Not for Brad, there Not wasn't. Not for Brad, there wasn't. <laughs> uh, but... Um, it's uh, really it's a fun project awesome. because it's just the two of them. Uh, they do they do this really fucking entertaining uh, acoustic thing where they do some outlaw country cool shit. This still comes off with Steve. It comes off as rock and roll, uh, yeah, yeah. but Brad's does that that thing better than anybody. And and then the way we're gonna format this is they're gonna do several songs, just the two of them. Then we're gonna add Lance, our other guitar player, for a Dude. song or two. And then me and Joe are gonna do the last two, culminating, hopefully. All right, all right. It all comes together. The big finish. The big finish. If we're if we're if we aren't fired or get the kibosh, right. we're gonna end the little middle part with drank too much. My goodness. That's that's gonna be and a that's party. That's the fourth, boys. and then okay. we've got another weekend in July, <laughs> July fourteenth and fifteenth. We're doing a festival in Lancaster with what's that guy's name? They're writing all these dates down Leroy on our, our calendar. This is oh, our yeah. to do calendar, by the way, guys. Awesome. That's our that's our <laughs> gang's calendar. It's, it's official. Like the clues calendar. Yeah, well, it? it's that's probably not that smart. But, but we're, we're playing with Leroy Powell, who's currently in Travis Tritt's band. Okay. He's got yeah. some off nights, but he used to play with Shooter Jennings. Oh, love he, Shooter. He was, Those first couple records. Yeah, he's were great back too, he's, man. Yeah. That part of Shooter's past. Right we're on. doing a Friday, the 14th of July, and Saturday. Oh, well, Friday is in um, Lancaster. The American Legion Hall. At I the believe. American Legion Hall in the parking lot, big outdoor thing. And then uh, at our other hometown uh, club on Saturday night in Wapakoneta. Boom. Yeah. I know that's a. That's yeah. a Special that's, that's spot for biggest, you guys. That's yeah. the biggest. Uh, people want oh, to find... Hey, don't forget. I, yes. I got to tell you this. On the 23rd? 
Oh, yeah. yeah. The following week, the 23rd, is my birthday party at the Cock and Bull. Oh, well, we've already got that. That's already in there. That's already so, in there. I sent that. As soon as you guys fired that up on... That's going to be a big yeah. deal. Yeah, on Facebook. I already put going. I already that's, put going on yeah, Facebook. That's cattail. That's not interested. I'm not interested. I'm going. Yeah, that's Cattail that Brew. And... Uh, that's going to be an entertaining. Whiskey Steve will be there. <laughs> uh, Are you going to wear your Santa hat? You should. Even no, that late. Not, no. Okay. I, I, we do that for the Christmas party. Well, I, I'm just, you know, I didn't think there were rules with Whiskey Steve. But <laughs> There's pretty much no. <laughs> I'm not going to say. If, if bring, I find it. If, if you I bring a Santa exactly, hat, I'll wear it. It'll exactly. probably make it. But we'll get, maybe we'll find like a red, white, and blue. That's, then, you know, that'll be in the summer. I'll find like one a little closer to a July 4th celebration or I don't. No, Steve. I, I don't yeah, know where I'm going with good. that. People want to find Cattail Brew. What's the What's the site? Where do we go? What do we do? Facebook. Because <laughs> I follow you guys on Facebook, both Rat Bastard yeah. and, and Cattail. Yeah, you can get it. Yeah, Cattail's on Facebook. Uh, it's the same. Uh, yeah, we don't have a website. We're we're slacking. Okay, but you can get our music on Spotify and all the streaming services. Good yeah. stuff, man, guys. I. Keith Pickens, Steve Theato. I Guys, you know what big fans and supporters I am and everyone over at QFM is uh, of you guys. And I uh, can't wait to see you guys oh, in yeah, whatever guys form, uh, whatever band, whatever state of, you know, mind that Whiskey Steve is in. It's always a party with you two. Appreciate you we guys, man. We appreciate you as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And Cattail Brew is going to be uh, uh, coming on to a, a, an upcoming. Uh, we've got you for a, a Homegrown Thursday in May. So... Buckle oh, up for right. that, kids. Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, next week episode, the band Rumspringa joining me in the Hawk's Nest. And until then, stay frosty. I'll have to check that out.